0: Six of the, of the, uh, the Prem coming up. Uh, massive weekend for all three of our clubs. Uh, how are you guys feeling about the weekend?
1: I think it's becoming a trend that all of us are feeling pretty good about ourselves. Premier League-wise.
2: Premier League-wise, yeah, for sure. No, it's uh, definitely a good week. Um, uh, I bathed in Chelsea tears on Sunday, so... I enjoyed that very much.
0: Oh yeah, that's just one of the highlights of every weekend. Is every time I see Chelsea flopping around like a dead fish, it just makes me happy. I don't, I don't know why. It just does.
2: And speaking of dead fish, did you guys uh, stay focused long enough on Premier League to watch uh, that Newcastle Sheffield uh, thumping? It's I watched the whole obviously.
0: thing. It's a gold bonanza.
2: Oh my gosh! Like I just every like. <laughs> It's like they're not stopping them. They it was was unbelievable.
0: Um, Yeah, I saw uh, there was a tweet that said it was a Sheffield fan saying uh, they wish they hope you know they hope they could get relegated now instead of having to play the rest of the season. It's like yeah, you guys stink.
2: Well, they 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 do, but they've had like I mean they've played teams tight like they they got I mean the the previous week to lose the way they did to Tottenham. when they lost, I mean, talk about a spirit breaker for sure, but like they've had, like they played city close earlier in the season too. Like, I I think that they're in better shape than like uh, uh, Luton town is. So
0: yeah, they look awful. They look like a guarantee going, going down Luton Sheffield. Yeah. I mean, they're still, you know, it's such early days. They're two points above the drop zone, which uh, Burnmouth is in with three points total. Each of the bottom of yeah, Luton won.
1: Luton looks like worst team ever territory. Worst Premier League team ever territory.
0: It's possible. I like uh, Chelsea floating around the relegation zone here. Six games in. That's fun to see. Everton, too. They got a win, finally. A
2: surprising one, too. I, uh,
0: 3-1 to Brentford away. Yeah.
2: yeah, Brentford is, you know, I, they're not going to... Uh, you know win the Premier League but they are a solid team they've been playing really well it was it was very surprising especially that was that was at Brentford too so um
0: yeah i mean i wouldn't be surprised if we see everton kind of float towards mid table again this year they seem to be a little better
2: i don't know man
0: <laughs> they they
2: seem a mess <laughs> everything going on they did yeah. just get new ownership um so you know maybe that like uh will uh propel them forward but yeah i think they're they're a really bad team i don't i don't know if they're a relegation candidate but um they're certainly not Everton of old
0: too bad they can't get a uh, landon donovan loan in at this point in landon donovan's <laughs> life because that would that would help their chances but all right let's go uh let's double click on each of our teams um maybe i'll just talk about the derby first
1: yeah, yeah go for it start off a great with game a-
0: yeah, so like Jake said, that was an absolutely phenomenal game end to end. I thought both teams were pretty evenly matched throughout the contest. Um, it was nice that every time Arsenal scored a goal, we quickly followed it up and even things out. Especially the second time, Saka so- gets the uh, the penalty shout against Romero on a clear handball. It was definitely a handball, definitely a PK and uh, slots it in, and then immediately Tottenham come down, Sonny takes it off of, I forget whose foot that was, but uh, or, or no, sorry, Madison took it off of uh, a foot and then passed it out to Sonny out wide, and we immediately equalized 2-2. And then uh, first same thing in the first half too, which Saka took a shot from the top right-hand side of the, the box with his left foot is going out, but then Romero stuck his leg out and uh, own gold And Romero caused the the PK later on in the game. So he had kind of a a poor game, but the whole, the whole vibe of it was just great. It was uh, Tottenham, you know, going toe to toe with Arsenal who looked to be the class of the league last year and proving early on that maybe, you know, maybe it's more than just hype. Like I think Tottenham fans are watching with dread, you know, we're just waiting for the other, Shoot a fall like I'm waiting for, you know, a loss in the Derby. But a draw away at the Emirates was a fantastic, fantastic result. I'm very happy. Sonny looks to be on form and kind of Harry's replacement and is doing a really good job of leading the club. Uh, Madison looks like a steal, especially when you see him compared to Havertz and uh, Mason Mount at United and Arsenal, respectively. And, yeah, just Good times roll. We play Liverpool uh, this weekend. I won't be at Saints for the first time with Montgomery Spurs in a little bit, but we had a nice big old crowd for the nine AM game. Serving coffees and stuff, so things are all looking up. Moco Spurs on the rise. Tottenham Hotspur on the rise.
1: The uh, Madison Madison taking Jorginho's lunch money. That was that was fantastic. I I don't know. Was was he already at the tail end of his his uh peak at Chelsea? Or is this just him not fitting in at Arsenal because he does not look good? He's old, isn't he? Isn't he like thirty five, thirty six? Is he that old?
2: I don't think he's that old. But, I mean he is a little older. He was uh um, thirty one he was, he was brought to put- Chelsea as um Uh, sorry remember when Chelsea had uh, uh, sorry he brought him over with him from was it Lazio I can't remember or or Napoli one of the two I think it may have been Napoli um Mm -hmm. but yeah so it it, um always like a solid player in Chelsea in, in all that chaos and I always felt like he was good depth for Arsenal but yeah he definitely didn't uh didn't look great um on Sunday so maybe he's losing a step
0: I hope so. Anything that goes wrong <laughs> for them that is great. Uh, yeah, I guess some other final thoughts is Eve's Basuma looks class. He's so good. He's been so phenomenal this year that he's undroppable from the squad. And uh, yeah, and Yudogi looks great on the left too, although he did make that mistake to, uh, he, he was a little shaky in the first half, and I think the commentators were making some notes on that. But I thought he came around in the second half and put in, you know, a good shift. And he is so young out there. They're just throwing him out to the Wolves in a in a way derby. So, yeah, good mm-hmm. on the young guy.
2: It is uh, wild to think that uh, Basuma was almost 100 million pounds cheaper than Caicedo, both coming from Brighton. <laughs> um, I certainly wouldn't. It's his early days for Caicedo at Chelsea, and maybe it's just part of the chaos there, but... Uh, you know, and Basuma took a minute too, right? He, like he, he's really come on this year underneath uh, um, underneath Ange. Um, but yeah, he's, he's he's very good. He's been fun and to he watch. He's a star
0: guys. too, as you know that center defensive midfair, midfield pairing right now. And he's so young and he's so good. It's just it's it's a wild time with Harry Kane leaving, and then there being immediate hope for the club because the club needed that injection of life because it was like a sad scene at the end of last year for, you know, maybe I'm spoiled as a Tottenham fan. They are one of the top six and we're rumored to join the super league at, uh, at one point in time, I am spoiled, but it was a bad season, bad season last year. This I
1: year. mean, it's good to see son doing well. I mean, the, the, the pressure of having to replace Kane has to be, really heavy on him so it's well, nice do you to like him sonny well. jake i do i think he's super does talented he bother you huh
0: does sonny bother you do you like no. Sunny? yeah no. i like him yeah some people did not like him after the uh gomez leg break Oh, uh, yeah so yeah. I mean, like a nice guy to me after after living in korea
1: for a little while i, I kind of root for I most of the korean korea. players i see
0: yeah
2: what about so you guys um like you said you mentioned Liverpool? It is at home for Spurs. Um, you know, is uh is a tie enough to keep your uh, keep you happy, or yeah. are you are you hoping that at home you guys can take a win? Liverpool looks very good with uh with a reworked team this year.
0: You know, the Arsenal game, we could have easily won that game as well. So, you know, I thought Especially, too, in the second half. I thought we were outplaying them a bit and had the better of the chances in the second half against them. So, Tottenham could definitely beat Liverpool, although Liverpool looks like a cohesive unit once again and are at the top of the table. So, I think a point against Liverpool to keep us from uh, not having a loss yet in the season, yeah, I would definitely take it. Very cool.
2: Well, let's uh, let's move forward. Uh, Let's go to... To Jake and Brighton, um, pretty comprehensive win on Sunday over the Cherries. uh, uh, Share with us uh, game notes. What would you think?
1: Yeah, so um, sort of standard Brighton fare. Uh, We can never get the the clean sheet, but we'll definitely beat you 3-1. Bournemouth opened up the scoring with Solanke 25 minutes in. Uh, They had an own goal to put us even, and then Matoma subbed on uh, pretty much at the beginning of the second half, and then just went to work. Um, that that guy's just amazing. And then uh, it was good to have good to have Dunk back. Um, I don't know if we were going to get into our our horrible European experiences, but um, if you ever needed proof of how important Louis Dunk is to Brighton, just watch that game against Athens. Uh, just. Horrible, horrible defending on set pieces. Like, Dunk is just that big body. He's the leader. He writes the ship.
0: Um, You know, I I said this in the text thread this Europe away can be like such a slog. And Tottenham had that, uh, you know, Conference League, Europa League experience. You're playing in just very unique places. So it's Europe away is hard. You know, we lost to like a, a mid table Austrian Bundesliga team in the Conference League. Like, we were struggling against a mid-tier Eredivisie team. We lost to them away. Like, weird shit happens in Europe. It's just – it's a different game. So, like, yes, you're a Premier League squad. Yes, you're at the top. But Europe is just like a whole nother it's a whole that's, other competition. Like, it's that's, strange. You're traveling.
2: Well, we What's got the challenges being at home. Yeah, I'll say Brighton was at home
0: and that, that's the struggle. Um, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, it's your first first game. It's a long. Yeah. It's still a group stage, so you still have plenty of chances to get points. Yeah, for sure. It's uh,
1: I think they were. He was trying to rest guys. Deserve he's trying to rest guys for our uh, our huge match tomorrow or whenever you listen to this <laughs> Wednesday uh, against Chelsea in the Carabao Cup. Um, that attacking midfield three was Buonanotte who hasn't really gotten a lot of time this season. He's the one who subbed off for Matoma, Welbeck, Adingra, and Ferguson. All those guys sort of subbed out, or at least two of them subbed out early. Welbeck subbed out in the 60th minute and Adingra at the 87th minute. Adingra's a stud. DeHood had his best game of the season. Billy Gilmore continues to be amazing. And then the debut of the new Wonder Kid, the guy Chelsea's going to pay $225 million for, Uh, When he becomes available, Um, Carlos Baleba came in, uh, started pressing right off the bat. Dude is super, super fast, super springy. His tackle kind of sort of gave up the ball and then sort of came from behind the guy, stretched out, wrapped his leg around, got the tackle. Uh, We picked it up. Um, Estupion to, who was it? Or no, it was someone else to a Stupion, a Stupion, Matoma header in. Uh, the guy is really good. Fati continues to impress. Hasn't gotten a goal yet, but it, it's coming. He's putting himself into great situations. And Lamptey is starting to get solid minutes now. Um, I'm really, really excited about seeing him more and more. Uh, that kid is super, super good.
2: Yeah, was uh, like I, I mentioned, I was I had all three screens going on Sunday morning. Um, I did get to see some extended action with uh with Fati, and he he does look, he looked way more comfortable than his you know his first appearance. Um, I think he's probably you know getting some time in with Desirée and stuff like that, and just sort of understanding what what's expected of him. Um, two, you know, he played out wide primarily at Barcelona, and he's um, playing a little more central role. where He's actually. Uh, more than enough, more than talented enough to do it. Uh, I think that yeah, by by year's end, uh, it'll be hard to uh, keep Barcelona from me like coming back and getting him because he's going to look really really good. And he's going to be important for you guys, especially with all the competitions. So
1: yeah, I agree. the uh, The one thing I'm hoping for is uh, Felix has looked really good, and I believe he's playing on the left for them. So maybe he'll be uh, not as needed, and we can pick him up. If he wants to stay, if Deserby stays, that is Um, another, like I said, another typical Brighton game, 60, 62 percent of the ball, 449 uh, passes, 87 percent completed uh, compared to 249 passes for Bournemouth. So we're going to hold the ball. We're going to we're going to starve you and then we're going to beat you. So really, really enjoyed that match.
2: Very cool. And then so you guys also have uh, I mean, we, we can we can wait and talk about this. But uh, like we mentioned pod a pod battle between uh, Aston Villa and Brighton 730 on Saturday morning. Um, I think like that one's going to be fun. I think it's going to be either a lot of scoring or not very much scoring at all. At it's going to be so one way or another. If it gets open, if there's a goal early, like I think that game's going to open up quickly. Uh, give be a lot of end to end stuff. So it should be should be fun. I'm,
0: I think it's an interesting uh, measuring stick for both the clubs,
1: too. I'm I'm scared shitless of that game. I, I don't think Brighton's beaten you guys in the Premier League yet. And then, not to mention, it's like, like, we'll play Chelsea, we'll play Tottenham, we'll play Manchester United, and we'll have these games where we come out and we win, 3-1 kind of thing, 2-1 kind of thing. And then... It's not anything against Villa, but it's like you think of clubs on the rise, like not the big six clubs, and you guys come out and just beat the shit out of us. Yeah, on
2: the on the opposite note of that, like we haven't beaten anybody this year. Like I know we're like four, oh, and two, but uh, our two losses were the two only two quote unquote good teams that we played. Um that was Newcastle and Liverpool. So um, this is also very much, like Mike said, a, a measuring stick game for, um, for Villa as well and for, for United Emery. You know, uh, I think this is two of the better tactical coaches in the league right now. It's going to be fun. It'll be interesting to see how the teams line up, like what, what we're looking at, especially with both of us playing tomorrow and um, care about too. So um,
1: yeah. I'll just kind of roll into – a lot
0: of pictures for you guys.
1: Oh my God, it's so many. Yeah.
0: that's mm-hmm. as a fan though. I miss. I see you guys on the schedule midweek, and I'm like, ah, I wish that was us. Definitely miss I'm, Europe.
1: I want. I want the match tomorrow more than more than almost any other match this season. Like, I want. I want them to beat Chelsea, and I hope Caicedo starts. And oh, and this is Cup.
0: You guys have Chelsea yeah. already?
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you, you Chelsea. guys play? Uh, we play Everton tomorrow.
0: Ooh, okay, yeah, another Premier League team, though. Yep, <laughs> I think I think
1: we got the easier of the matchup. Huh. <laughs> Certainly, John's the team. No, uh, the,
0: no, they,
2: no, they no, come off a loss, win. which is sorry. what yes, we roll into. I, yeah, I, uh, Villa. Yeah. yeah, Villa played uh, Chelsea. You know, same time on Sunday. Um, a really quiet game. Um, it was at Stamford Bridge, which made me nervous. I think Chelsea has a lot of talent. At some point, they're due to sort of put it together. But, um, you know, honestly, first half we had the better of the options or uh, not options, uh, better of the opportunities. Um, first one being a uh, fucking Luca Dean. Um, there was a lot of talk that he might get sold and I'm really glad they didn't. Uh, he's especially with Marino out. He's played really well so far this season, but he hit an absolute rocket um, hats off to Robert Sanchez. Uh, climbed all the the ladder, made that save a great save from him. And then, Uh, Later on in the first half, uh, ball came a little dink across and uh, uh, Nicolo uh, was about eight, nine yards out and hit like a a side volley. And again, Sanchez getting up and getting his hands on it. And um, I know Jake's got his own reservations about Sanchez. Uh, He's not a ball playing goalkeeper, which I know everyone seems to have to have in today's day and age. But I think that that also showed that, you know, players like him and De Gea as shot stoppers is a lost art because both of those were excellent saves and Sanchez, if nothing else, is a good shot stopper. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and I say that knowing that uh, in the second half, Ali uh, nutmegged him for the only goal. Um, so kind of against the run of play there, but like, uh, actually really good defending from Cole Will. Um, he got the first stop just bounced right back to Ollie and somehow he hit it with no angle. Um, through Sanchez's legs, enough power didn't catch up on it, and we got the goal, got the win. I'll, I'll take it. You know, even with Chelsea struggling, it was it was good for us to get three points away at Stanford Bridge. Um, for whatever Chelsea's struggling with, that is always um, something that you want to do against you know quote unquote bigger clubs. So, um, when, and your it, squad, it,
0: when your squad gets a goal against the run of play, it's one of the best feelings in the world. Like, oh yeah, for you're, sure subst you know, taking all that pressure on for so long that all of a sudden you are the ones that, that get the goal. It's always such a good feeling. Uh, ha-
2: yeah, hats off uh, to Emmy Martinez. He made a couple massive saves um in the second half. Um almost uh, uh I think one of them was offside, but he almost made like an identical save that he made in the World Cup final um against Kolo Mwani. where you know came out just made himself big and got a leg on it. Um had uh had a good stop on Chilwell on uh, essentially a one-on-one. Um, you know, Villa lives dangerously. We play a high line defensively, so they were trying to expo- uh, exploit that. So um, it was it was good to get a win after, um, and we don't have to talk about too much. But we we did lose on Thursday um, in Poland, Legia Warsaw. Um, the my did only you watch takeaway. Game? I, I watched most of it. I couldn't watch the whole thing, um, but I went back and watched highlights after. But uh, the the thing that stuck out to me. It, from the get-go is Callum Chambers cannot play right back for us. That's, you know, they exposed us in the first half with him back there a number of times. Um, You know, uh, uh, was it Langley or however you say it? Uh, that we that we have on loan yeah, from yeah. Barsa. That's who um,
1: we had
0: last year. He was on that yeah. top yeah. Top I think
2: he's gonna I think he's gonna be good, but again it's he's still he's you know fine. getting in the he'll, he'll be getting into his groove, but like him and Conza playing. Um I know that Diego isn't gonna be ready. He might uh Diego Carlos might be ready for Saturday's game. Um, but he's not gonna play tomorrow. Uh, it'll be see, interesting to see if we also get Alex Moreno back. Um, he, uh, he's been training. It'd be good to see him get back on the field after that hamstring injury. He looked so fantastic um, second half for us when we brought him in last year. So um, getting guys healthy defensively is going to be big. Kanza can't keep playing this many minutes. He's going to need a breather. So um, I expect a heavily uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, heavily rotated team. Um but hopefully we don't see Callum Chambers at uh, at right back again because that was uh, that was definitely a, a failed experiment. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, welcome back to Europe too. You guys both stink. Yep, yep.
2: <laughs> take, <laughs> take, take take our lumps now, man, for sure. Yeah, we, I think we go to uh, our next game. I, I I'm not going to embarrass myself and try, try to pronounce the name, um, but it is a Bosnian team. So. Um, try, try make, to pronounce it, please. No, I want to hear. No, I, I cannot. I don't think I can make the, the <laughs> oh mouth my noises. God.
1: Yeah, you, you reading it hey, right hey, now? You try. <laughs> Zrin, Zrinjski, Mostar. Oh my! It's got like a, like a, looks like a Viking. No, that's not. A I forget cloak, which one of your
0: everywhere. squads is in Conference League. Which one is in Europa? Who's where? We're,
1: Villa's in Conference
2: League. Uh, Brighton is the on the Europa adventure. So.
0: Mm.
1: The um, the one thing I noticed about this game, and it's because I'm a hater, um, three hundred twenty-eight million dollars for Caicedo, Fernandez, and Mudrick. Mudric subbed off at sixty-one, Enzo at sixty-eight, and Caicedo at seventy-nine. Um, well, a little bit of that
2: was. I mean, we got lucky. Not. I mean, lucky, unlucky, whatever. With the Gusto red card, um, yeah, the, that changed the game for them too. Changed their. Uh change their lineup. I, I, I just when you watch them play, I don't see anything cohesive. Like it doesn't look like they have like a system in place or anything like that. Um the only player that looks good for them is Sterling. Looks yeah. re- rejuvenated, he's, he's looks great. Um it's interesting that like Ben Chilwell is like a vice captain, but he can't beat out Levi Colwell for a left back spot. Um it's yeah, it's it's really, really weird. Um so they, don't I, have a, they
0: don't have any stars either. You know, for as much money as they have spent, there's no clear cut but star at
2: but that all. That was that was like one of the things that I, I was reading that I, I found found most interesting, I didn't think about is they, they did buy a ton of quote unquote potential talent, but within all of that talent, all that money they spent, they don't have a out and out striker like and we talked about you know our top 5 strikers last week they don't have like the guy up front and then they also don't have like a playmaker like they have lots of good solid midfielders but nobody who is like you know setting things up creating doing all that sort of stuff they don't have that guy in the team um and so yeah that's they they've just struggled I mean it'll be interesting to see if they lose sure. tomorrow to Brighton like how hot is that seat going to get for for poach and is it really yeah.
1: his fault? Like I, I don't know. No, uh, it's it's not. But I mean that
0: that's just the way modern football works now.
1: That's Jackson.
0: the way Chelsea Football Club works. That's not wow. all modern football. Chelsea Football Club is a fucking toxic. Sorry, Grandma Kenicky, for my language. It's <laughs> a <saying. laughs> really toxic hellscape.
1: Yes, indeed. <laughs> Jackson, Jackson's got the yips, man. Like I think it's just a it's just a vicious cycle at this point. Those those misses. I sent you guys that video of him to Michael Jackson or whatever.
0: Oh, that, mm-hmm. was that was bad. That's a really bad miss at his left foot. Uh, it'll st- be it'll be interesting to
2: see if he continues to start every game. They did get Broha back healthy. Um, he played a little bit on Sunday. Um, Luder you know, not
0: scoring. Sorry, sorry. Just go. go you finish. You finish.
2: No, I was just to say the. Uh, the Jackson might not even be starting all the time anyway if Nkunku hadn't got hurt um in the preseason as well. So it's interesting interesting to see if they got healthy, if it'd make a difference, but I don't know if Poach will have the time. Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, no, I'm uh I feel all bad. But yeah, it'll be uh I'm just waiting for Mudrik's first goal. He has zero goals. They yeah. how much money did they spend on him? He like was a hundred and no, no, he was According to Fop Mob, he was seventy-two,
1: but I think there's add-ons to that. I got gotcha. you.
0: Yeah, crazy, crazy situation. Glad I'm not a blue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed.
2: All right, let's. Uh, so, in our effort to continue to embarrass ourselves with uh, with our footballing knowledge, we've uh, come back for another week of top five lists. Uh, this week, uh, we're going to kind of bounce around positions. Uh, decided to go with top five center backs top five center backs so same format we'll do two olis and then we'll go five to one you guys cool with that cool all right let's uh let's let's do um jake
1: uh myself Uh, and mike okay so um i i try not to be too much of a homer but my oli is gonna be lewis dunk love the dude as i said before If you want to see how important someone is to their team, watch Brighton versus Bournemouth, and then watch Brighton versus AEK Athens, and you will see how important Lewis Dunk is. That that man is amazing. I hope he has a statue in front of the Amex one day.
2: Very fair, very fair. I like like that. Um, My first OLI is John Terry. Um, For whatever a a, a douche he is as a human being. he was, you know, the center back on those uh, early Chelsea Mourinho teams um, when uh, when they won the Premier League title uh, with Chelsea that first year. They had like one of the best defensive records in Premier League history. He was the center back at that, um, just very solid, very uh, old school style center back. You know, bruising. Not a lot of uh, uh, he he would he would absolutely die if he had to play in Derby De or uh, Unai Emery's. Uh, modern day center back role where you got to pass out of the back that's just that's not him but um nah. still one of the best center backs uh i've seen in my time so john terry number
0: two, oh, mr mr steal your girl yeah 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 <laughs> that's some good reading material if you ever look that up look up john terry affair just google that right. in and what a what a mess yeah Alright, yeah. my OLI number two is John Brooks because of that World Cup header that he had, where he said he had a dream about scoring it before, and I think he was nineteen at the time, and it was to yeah, yeah. it's such an important goal for the for the U.S. program in general, and I really felt for him as a young man. I was like right about his age too. I was like the emotions you must feel in that stadium with all those Vuvuzelas going. Yes, he's my, he's my first one. First OLI or OLI two. Is that what you said? It, just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter about order of yeah. OLIs. Okay. You just have two OLIs. Yeah. sure.
2: Gotcha. All
1: right. So, my second OLI, I cheated and you guys can't stop me. It's the entire back line. They paid a three man back of the 2002 Brazilian squad uh, Lucio, Edmilson, and Roque Junior. And that's all I got to say about that. They're the best.
2: It's your list. You do what you want. We got Landon Donovan playing striker and and three guys in one spot. So <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my my other oil was uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh uh, was Carlos Puyol, Puyol, uh a huge part of the um, those dominant uh, Barcelona teams underneath Pep. Um, and, and the Spanish national team for that matter. Um, fantastic player. Uh, don't need a lot of explanation. Just
0: one of the best I've seen. So, Carlos Puyol, my other OLI. My uh, my last OLI. And Jimmy's going to be mad at me because he's technically a left back. Is Ben Davies, but he plays the uh, he plays in the back three on the left sometimes. So that's kind of my my oh, wow. uh, qualifier there. And he's just been such a stalwart for the club. He is always dependable. And has lasted so many managers at this point, you have to respect them. So he's uh, on my OLI list. Excellent. All right, Jake, number five. So my number five is Carlos Puyol,
1: um, captain for Barcelona for a long time. Uh, just a superstar. Um, those La Liga years were really fun, especially when he was in his prime. You had uh, you had the big four of Spanish football: Valencia. Atletico, Real Madrid and Barcelona, and all those guys were just going head to head, and Carlos Pullo was able to take on anybody from any of those teams.
2: He was he was the medal for that Barcelona team. That Barcelona team was like like ballet on grass, but mm-hmm. you know, you needed to have somebody in there that was and he that dude was tough as nails. So
1: Yeah. Um and that yeah, that's a good point. Like the, the beauty of that that style of play, and then you just look at him and he looks like Spanish Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Did all the dirty work for yeah. sure. Uh, I'm gonna get some
2: daggers from Mike on this one, but number five for me is uh, Sergio Ramos. Um, again, I, uh, I, I I'm not saying I, I'm not saying I like him as uh, as a person. He and technically you can also bust me because he started as a right back uh, early days at uh, Real Madrid. Um, but you know the longevity and the talent. He is one of those guys that you hate to play against him. But you would absolutely take him on your team. Um, the all the uh, the dominance of Real Madrid uh, going back and forth with Barcelona, he was a huge part of that. Again, you talk about uh, teams that have a ton of talent, and he was talented, but he was also the enforcer, right? Like he was the the physicality for those teams. So um, did it did it very well for a very long time. Um, so number five, Sergio Ramos.
0: Yeah, I mean he's this is definitely not my pick for my uh five here, but shout out Eric Dyer and that beautiful tackle he oh, had man. Uh, Sergio Ramos. <laughs> the you, can't, you can't, the you can't watch that people. clip once. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And actually Sergio Ramos is a good shout. I think he's uh, enormously talented. And I kinda like watching him. And shout out to him for going to his boyhood club instead of chasing billions of dollars and millions of dollars and Saudi Arabia, so absolutely Fine. have it. All right, my five is uh, Virgil van Dyke. I think since I've started watching the Prem, he was the standard, the best center back in the league since that time. Hated playing against him. The dude is massive. He is direct. He's physical. He's just a beast, and I've been jealous that he's been on Liverpool for all this time
1: great shout um so my number four uh jimmy keeps dicking up my list my number four is sergio ramos um
0: (laughs) just to be quick you uh, two should collaborate because you guys are just like oh we love you the same guys it's he
1: as jimmy said it's extremely oh you like froze for a sec i thought you were still going i didn't know you were still going going. um as, as Jimmy said, like he's easily hateable if he's not on your team, but he is literally everything you want in a center back. He's big, he's mean, he's unapologetic and he's going to go after you. And he's uh, like, you look at, you look at him, there's a famous practice video of him when they're doing like a pass around or something. And one of the younger guys dicks off and he like yanks him like, no, mm-hmm. we don't do that here. Kind of thing. So like, that's, that's exactly who you'd want on your team and who you'd want as your center back.
2: Well, I, uh, I hope that I'm not stepping on any more toes here as we go, <laughs> as we go forward. But number four for me, um, I think the only player on my list who's still playing um, a, a Cadillac of a human being, uh, a center back. And, um, you know, I, I, I hate to see him struggle with, uh, with Chelsea's days, but number four for me is Thiago Silva. He is uh, a, <laughs> so smooth even at 39 years old out there he like uh the oldest outfield player in the premier league i think right now um still class um been doing it for a a very long time at a very high level um i uh i don't wish him any more success having been with chelsea but you know he he could probably still go home to brazil and play another five years um if he wanted to after this year he's he's just fantastic uh so Thiago silva number four
0: I'm willing to bet Tiago's not on uh, Jake's list. Bet <laughs> no. plus one thirty, Jake. He he <laughs> is he is impressive. But, yeah, I've got a number four little Homer pick going uh, Jake style with Jake Dangler. He is the best center back that I have ever seen live, without a doubt. He was a uh, Maryland Bobcat and has since moved on to Tormenta down in Georgia in USL League One. He's had a lot of injuries this year, from what I understand. But last year, uh, him and Tormenta and Kaziah Sterling, apparently mm-hmm. from the uh, Tottenham Academy, made a couple of appearances for the Tottenham first team in some cup games, and he's playing with Jake Dangler down in Georgia. But yeah, Jake Dangler, the way he pinged passes around, his physical presence, dominant in, at the NISA level. Never seen anything like it. One of the most, regardless
1: of levels, regard one of the most beautiful long balls ever. Like he would just send it from his box to the next box and put it on somebody's foot. Incredible. Um, my number three is a guy I never got to saw, see, play, but um, you watch enough TIFO videos, he pops up, and then you go into a YouTube rabbit hole. Franz Beckenbauer, Beckenbauer, uh, German. Center back, uh, probably the greatest sweeper of all time. You watch that guy's highlights, he was from that position. It was weird. They would send him almost box to box. He was playmaking. He was defending. He was just always moving, and he scored goals. Dude's incredible. German legend, world footballing legend. So, yeah, number three.
0: Also, former New York Cosmo.
1: That is true. was true
2: not to uh give away what, what one of my players on my list here uh he's not on there um i tried to for my list my own personal list i tried to keep it for people that i saw play but definitely beckenbauer is is absolutely you he, look it up any top whatever lists for defenders all time he is always in the top five there so that's a great shout one of only three defenders to win the uh ballon d'or um mm-hmm. uh, so great shout uh, number three for me was uh, Vincent Company. Uh, those uh, those Man City years, uh, you know, again, he was a big part of that. He came, I think he played, he came, what, like it's Sergio Aguero years, like, and sort of built that foundation, um, all the success they had. Um, so steady. Um, he could hit a shot when he needed to. Um, I think, what was it, the year they won where. They had like ninety nine points in Liverpool at ninety eight or whatever it was. Like he scored a a a, game, a goal at like the um, one of the last weeks just to yep. help help City win it. Um,
0: it's like a low screamer into the bottom card, yeah. right hand corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: He, yeah, he, he could win he the could league win for I sure. Wasn't yep.
0: the, the goal that won the
2: league? I couldn't remember if it was, was last week or not. Burnley. But yeah, yeah. Now he's managing Burnley. I, you know, doing a good job with Burnley. the the, the Burnley team. You know, they will struggle to stay up, but they're playing like the, the, the style of football they play is a night and day difference than the last time Burnley was in the league with uh, Sean Dyche, So uh, big shout out to him, Vincent Company, number three.
0: My uh, three is uh, Christian Romero. I think he, you know, he's a World Cup winner at 22 years of age, 21 years of age. And uh, you could immediately tell when he came to Tottenham that he was class. And Regardless of what people think about the yellow cards, the red cards, yes, that has been an issue. Uh, he seems to have cleaned it up in the early going right now, and I just think we haven't seen class like him at the center back positions and some other ones that are later on down my list. He's
2: 25 now.
0: Is he 25? There you
2: go. I had to look Still up because I was like, young. I knew he was yeah. young, but yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah,
1: good show. Not that young. <laughs> Um so for my number 2 I went with uh Fabio Cannavaro. Um we always talk about the 02 World Cup. Uh 06 was sort of the one where I started paying attention to all the teams and not just Brazil. Uh Cannavaro, 5 foot 9 center back. He went through uh Brazil and beat France to uh or maybe Zidane lost it but whatever um, beat France to win the World Cup dude was incredible won everywhere he went um, titles with uh, trophies with Parma trophies with Real Madrid Juventus of course the World Cup guy did everything and I'll say again five foot nine which is crazy he's uh he's everything that Lissandro
2: Martinez pretends to be for Manchester United. <laughs> All right, number uh, number two for me. uh, Speaking of United, um, was Rio Ferdinand? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, I think they. I I missed the article, but just I read the the highlight. Like he was very expensive at the time when United bought him, um, most expensive defender in the world. But if you uh, uh, put inflation on it, I think it's like one of the most expensive transfers in Premier League history, based on you know uh, inflation, obviously, but. Mm -hmm absolutely was a huge part of those, uh, teams. Um, him and Vidic formed, uh, one of the best partnerships in the premier league. Uh, those years they won, I think they won three, uh, successive premier league titles in a row. They won, a, um, uh, they won a champions league, um, together. Um, one of the best I've seen in my time. Uh, I don't know if I like him as a pundit, but, uh, he is, you know, he was a fantastic leader for that team for a very long time. Um, class player so number two for me was uh real ferdinand
0: two for me is a uh the first of my belgian list toby Aldeverald. i didn't realize how spoiled i was but he was the uh, center back in the tottenham back line i think the run under pochettino drew a lot of people into tottenham it was you know in the modern era to make Champions League every year for however many years they did, four or five, or and if they missed her in Europa, you're just generating so much hype there. And Toby was such a massive part of what Tottenham was. And in that defense anchored by him and the way he could distribute out of the back line, you know, un- unbelievable. We've missed him ever since he's left. You talked about Dengler,
2: Pings, uh, Toby Pings were are still a thing of beauty. Um, he's yeah. still still doing it. You uh, talked about Clubs, yeah. Belgium. Antwerp. Yeah, they scored the, the the league winner at the uh, at the death um, last year. He got Antwerp That's into right.
0: That was a massive goal.
2: You know, he got Antwerp into the Champions League, which unfortunately they ran into Barcelona in game week one. Uh, got absolutely rolled, but. Huh. Um. Yeah. Still doing it. Still doing it in the Champions League. So good for him.
0: Alderweireld. I would love a uh, throwback Tottenham Alderweireld jersey. Mm-hmm. We'll look at eBay. <clears throat>
1: um. So my number one. Um. Another another guy who started off as a fullback, moved to center back. Uh. In my opinion, the best defender ever. Period. Is Paolo Maldini. Um you have stayed with AC Milan his whole career you have guys like Zlatan uh Ronaldinho Ronaldo Nazario those guys are all saying that's the best guy i had to go up against and you you watch the way the guy plays he's so smart he has such good anticipation and he was the one we we've, we've mentioned on the show before uh he made the comment if i if i have to make it if i have to go and make a tackle that means i've already fucked up so He's he he's incredible to watch. If if people who are listening to this don't know who he is, YouTube him. He's fantastic.
2: Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. If we uh, when we get to right backs, he'll uh, he'll make an appearance on my right back list. But yeah, you're right. He did play uh, center back, especially later in his career. Um, number one for me, and and uh, same note too, bro. For for Jake here, Fabio Cannavaro um, is my number one. Um, for all the reasons Jake listed earlier, also, um, modern day, 2006, that the, the World Cup year, he did win the Ballon d'Or uh, for best player in the world as a defender, one of only three defenders to ever do so. But mind you, in 2006, he beat out uh, Thierry Henry, who we mentioned uh, before is one of the best strikers of all time, beat out Ronaldinho and uh, Zinedine Zidane um, for the Ballon d'Or. So, I mean, doing it against some... Very good players. It just shows, you know, how quality he was, uh, even at five foot nine.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not surprising you guys have a similar list in the end because you're both soccer nerds. I'm just a tryhard over here, (laughs) which brings me to to my number one, Uh, John.
2: how long are you gonna have that bit for? Because like we've been doing this this podcast for like I think four years now, and you were like you'd been watching before then, so you can't keep saying that you're a newbie.
0: You're you're a soccer nerd just like us. I'm still oh I'm definitely a soccer nerd, but I'm more of like a grassroots you know, soccer nerd. Yeah. So as as he sips from his IPA. Oh well, of course. I mean, <laughs> grassroots and IPA go hand in hand. Actually, I'll have you know this is a double IPA. Oh, he has go. gone already. But I'm not getting as irresponsible as last episode. <laughs> but my last one, number one, uh, Jan Vertonghen. Mm-hmm. He was epic. He he would also score the most clutch goals for Tottenham. Massive part of that Champions League finals run. And Toby too, shout out to that. And just pulling out that Superman logo from the Tottenham jersey. Super and Jan. Just, super Jan. And he's he's... Sexy, you know, he's a guy. He's a sexy guy, tall, dreamy, everything you want, and so solid. Could play left back as well. And it was so cool that Jan and Toby played on Tottenham together and the Belgium national team when Belgium were kind of in the golden years too. Like, and that's a big reason why they were in the golden years because that defense was so cohesive. Jan and Toby, I should have almost said them together. They're just delightful Belgians, and I wish them the best. And Jan's still doing it, too. Yeah, I'm
2: still doing it in in Belgium. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right. So uh, any other other ones that you guys had a hard time leaving off? Like, not like
1: OLIs, if you will. Not really, but um, it was funny, like, thinking of Canovaro again, like thinking back to that 06. (laughs) Like you think of him and like the style, his style of play, how good he is, and then you think about the guy who was beside him, Meserati. Ma- uh, what was his name? The what one it, who, uh, the one who uh, got Zidane to headbutt him.
2: Oh, yeah, I said someone about his sister or whatever. Cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you saying Zidane.
0: Zidane? You, mm-hmm. you saying Zidane in that list? Made me think of Zidane doing that in the final, and that is an insane act to headbutt somebody.
2: That was the last thing he ever did as a professional soccer player. Yeah. He never did. He have money on that the...
0: game, like because that's not nah. a rational. You never see someone just headbutt someone on the field, like that's. And he knows what situation he's he's in. I was he's Zidane. I was working
1: at a uh, at an Italian restaurant. I think I was a junior in high school at that time and i was working and watching and everyone that was in there had come to watch the game as like italian american hangout spot and when he did that it was like we had a tv in the kitchen area and there was a tv out there in the the eating area and you just heard from the kitchen to the eating area just (gasps) (laughs) a. yep
0: yeah it's wild what what was that second half
1: it was that like, was like the close. tail end of the game was mm-hmm. that in,
2: was that in overtime because they uh then I'm going to PKs. So
1: I thought that was like the first first part of overtime I don't know uh yeah know? 110 minutes this is when yeah. he got the red card so huh, well, second second not. uh second overtime period and the, the another thing that was crazy about that is Henri had subbed off at 107 <laughs> and then Saddam went and did that and I was like oh shit yeah. <laughs> Crazy.
0: All right, All we right. on uh, to
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: We made Jake,
2: it. Uh, Jacob was teasing some, uh, um, some triple G, uh, stuff that he was right. That's what you were yeah. teasing.
1: So, um, they they had uh, a thing about triple G talking to, um, Raina. About their fight or whatever, they finally had to sit down together. And then there is people, I guess maybe the Greg apologists or the the USSF apologists, saying, you know, maybe we should just get over this. And it just it just brings it back the fact that this this shit had to happen. This apology had to happen just shows how pathetic our federation is and just how irritating it is to be a US men's national team fan. I I don't understand why. Like I, I hate to keep scraping off the scab and, and opening up the wound again, but why is he back? Like why is he back? Like if you have to pick between him and a generational talent, injured or not, like Reyna, why are you not going with Reyna? You can find anybody off the street that can play a boring style the way Greg does,
0: especially considering the standard for national coaches, yeah. national team coaches is four years at most. Everywhere. everywhere nobody like, gets eight years unless you're going people, deep in international competitions but yeah. people people want to keep talking about like oh well he's,
1: he won gold cup he won this cup he won that cup you know he got us to the knockout rounds it's like that's not the standard anymore we have we have players like we we're not we're not a team of dudes that play in mls and sometimes get loaned out to european clubs we have people playing for and starting for some of the biggest, most historic clubs in the world. Polisic is starting for AC Milan. Musa got a start for AC Milan. McKinney will get starts for Juventus. Like it's just uh, Tyler Adams is a <laughs> Bournemouth. But uh, yeah. we have. He's starting though. Yeah. We he, have, he will, I would think. We have players He's... that are playing in and mattering in Europe. There's absolutely no reason that we should maintain this dude. And his boring ass style of play, this rigid four-four-three that doesn't do anyone any good. You you saw what happens when when creativity is allowed with these guys. The fact that we have a dude like Reyna, Polišic, and Weah now that can play on that front three of attacking Wea Juventus. It, yeah, it's just it's it's insane that this guy is here, and it, it just it was a, another reminder of you know wh- what what are we doing? Like, why are we doing this? We're at 11 months since the World Cup, and yeah. the apology just now happened. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like, okay, to, not, to, not to keep going, but I, it, keep going, the last part, yeah. So, obviously, Reyna probably should have apologized for the way he was acting. He's 20-something years old. He's mad about playing time. He acted like a baby. Apologize. Mm-hmm. Greg opened his mouth. Whether he thought it was off the record or not, you're still talking to a reporter. About that shit, or you're doing a conference, or however it got out. Why are you leaking that shit? Why are you leaking that shit? And what the Reina's,
0: Reina's mom is threatening with,
1: yeah, legal just,
0: action. But
1: <laughs> yeah, his parents didn't do him
2: any favors. Yeah, like no, nobody, nobody acted, nobody acted, yeah. n- nobody acted the like appropriately
1: in any of that scenario. But yeah.
2: to your Which point, also like means why that bring Greg him?
0: He should be gone. He
1: should be gone. Yeah. gone. it just it it shouldn't even been allowed to continue. But, and then. Like now we're gonna have this thing where, you know, it's like, oh, we we patched up, and you know, we're we will probably never like each other ever again, but at least we can work professionally together. And then the minute he yanks Geo out at forty six minutes or forty eight minutes, it starts all over again, mm-hmm. and it's just it's gonna be really really annoying. And I I don't care what. You know, some other podcasters might think uh, with me wearing a tinfoil hat, but I I am absolutely convinced that he is in this spot because people like Don Garber like him and he's willing to pull from MLS.
0: Yeah, there you go. There you go. Shout out oh, to Tori for killing it in La Liga, getting assists too. You know, we, we are a good squad. You're absolutely right. But nothing we can do about it except watch his bald head throw some bounce passes yeah. while we're drawing away to Honduras. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy.
2: Um no no rants. Like I uh I was talking with somebody, maybe it was you guys, but I I, I did uh see that um, the governments for Mexico, U S and Canada have already come out to try to protect against price gouging, 30 third party price gouging for the world cup. Um, United States, uh, in particular is extremely famous at doing this for third party events, right? Where you just jack up the prices on stuff. Um, but they're already trying to put some stuff in place to keep the costs down, which is, uh, a promising, you know, promising to hear. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that they're able to, enforce that in some way you know i don't like i i want i want to be able to go to games and i don't care if i go see united states play i'll I'll go see any world cup game um but i don't want to pay four or five hundred dollars for a ticket um when that's like the cost of like uh an entire season ticket uh you know in europe um so i'm I'm hoping that that them getting out in front of this now in 2023 is going to uh, yield some results, and if nothing else, it's the only positive thing I've heard uh, when it comes to the United States and soccer in over a year. So um, hopefully, we'll uh, they'll keep tracking on that. But that was uh, that was exciting to see.
0: You know, 2026 year is my 40th birthday year, and I I want to go see a game in Vancouver. That's like my my goal because I want to go to Vancouver just in general and to see a World Cup game there. It sounds pretty badass. Someone do that. Uh, that's all I got. Oh I'm just gonna say, oh yeah, go.
1: One more thing. Uh in, in terms of CONCACAF. Um, I know you guys are making fun of me on the group chat for it. Maybe you need to send help. I am I am obsessed. Paramount Plus has Gold Cup qualifiers on it where you can watch Martinique versus Montserrat or Guadalupe versus Curaçao, and it's fucking fantastic, man. They got like it, it's like the best looking Sunday league fields you ever see. There's people like sitting on walls, watching it. You can sometimes see the ocean behind it. Awesome. I, I want, I want to play on their national teams mainly just cause I want to live down there, but those, <laughs> those fields, the fields, the atmosphere, it looks like so much fun. Those people are there because they love football and they love their people. It's awesome. Watch, watch some of those games. If you can paramount plus,
0: I give you a hard time, but I've actually caught a few.
1: Yeah. There's a,
0: uh, a Haiti Jamaica game where Haiti jumped out to a lead at home. Had Jamaica on the ropes with a Leon Bailey and uh, Antonio. And, uh, you know, they've got a couple of upper league players in Jamaica and Haiti coming through. Do, yeah. Yep. And soccer at night. Like, I just like having some soccer at night, which is usually when I turn to USL Championship because if you're sitting on the couch with nothing else to watch, it's. A championship game on, or a league one game on. League so one has been
1: League one has been so good this year. So much fun to watch. Guys like Tormenta, mm-hmm. uh, NCFC has had a really big bounce back. I believe they're moving back up to USL Championship. Um, you, yeah, League you know, one, League one has been fantastic to watch. I've been. I went to a
2: concert at uh in Madison where uh, Brees Stevensfield, which is where uh um where the flamingos play yeah forward madison played uh it is a really really cool stadium like in uh right near downtown um it's like in a neighborhood and it's a super old uh stone wall uh building it's really cool Uh, i'm definitely gonna try to get back for a game next year
0: yeah i mean stadiums and neighborhoods are kind of what europe does best which we don't have uh so much of around us it's madison madison's really cool because it, it's
1: another one of those situations like DCFC where it's like those people just all of a sudden were like okay this is our scene we like this we're going to make this really really cool and then now Madi- it's it's huge Madison's a really fun town like i uh, i enjoyed myself there I got like
2: giant beautiful lake uh I can like go out on the out boating and then come uh, come catch a Ford madison game uh in the evening so i will definitely be back uh next summer for a game